Consequence Podcast Network. This episode's brought to you by the following You Can Get It level patrons. And you guys get it all the time. Yeah, you do. It's like nonstop. Casey, Megan, William, Veronica, Jenny, Nick, Xavier, Shannon, Daisy, Juan, keeping up the good work, Mandy, Kaylee, Scott, Kayla, and Aaron, Ashley, Richie, Nicole, Jennifer, Alicia, and Brittany. It's also brought to you by the Burn It Down level patrons like it is every week. And they are Karoon, Sasha, Tristan, Eddie, Dave, Ryan, Dylan, Isaac, Kate, Matthew, Brandon, Scott, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you to know that you are a loved, valued member of this awesome Horror Virgin family. And if you want to hang out with all of us, join the Facebook group. And also, if you want to hear the continuing saga of the Patreonicals and the other Patreon shoutouts, join us at the end of the episode for some bonkers shit. I never thought I would enjoy a movie about a guy named Mano Mano going inside high school girls. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh Mikey, no. First of all, it's Manon. Secondly, no. I thought it was Mano. It's no, Manon. No, it ends in N. I can't believe that Paige's first <laughs> note was not about him entering high school girls. It was about how you I mean that's his what name. happens in this movie. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch The The Craft. Craft. Now, is this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? I saw it in theaters in high school. You saw it in theaters? Yeah, I have not seen it since. This movie was hyped, bro. Hyped. No, I'm sure it was. Paige, what about you? I definitely watched this in the sorority house, uh, probably in college. We weren't allowed to watch it at home as kids when it came out because of witchcraft. But so same. Okay, so I grew up in a very religious household. Some would say a cult because it was. And I was not allowed to watch stuff like this. Like I remember it was a big deal that they let me read Harry Potter for school. It was like an assigned reading for school. And they did not want me to read that. So like they definitely would not have let me see this movie. Fun fact, so they banned Harry Potter books at my school for a while. Holy crap. But my mom, my mom is an English teacher, loves to read. She read Harry Potter to be like, I want to see what all the flap is about. Like, do we actually need to ban this? Right. Read it and loved it and was just like, hey, just like read this on the low. <laughs> and like gave me Harry <laughs> Potter. It was like, I know they banned it, but like, just don't even worry about it. <laughs> we, yeah, we were not. We were not allowed to watch this because of witchcraft. But you watched it in the sorority house when you were in college. Yeah, 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 because it's it's a teen girl movie. It is. Uh, And I feel like if you saw this younger as a teen, it becomes one of your favorite movies. Okay. That was not my experience with it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I feel like I'm watching it now because I don't think I'd seen it since seeing it then. It had been a long time. Yeah. Watching it now, I'm like, okay, like 14-year-old me would have been so fucking into this movie. Yeah. And 32, I'm sorry, 33, damn it. Oh, 33. Happy birthday, Paige. Thank you. 33-year-old me is like, okay, cool. Yeah. Adult me is like, why do these high school girls keep killing homeless people? See, that's, uh, yeah. (laughs) That's why I thought this took place in Portland. (laughs) No. I kind of, and I think maybe I just remembered it differently, was expecting a little more Heather's. 
and a little yeah. less spooky clueless. I haven't seen Heathers either. <laughs> oh, Heathers is fucking great. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, Heathers is amazing. We'll have to watch Heathers. Is, is that, it a horror, is that movie? A horror movie? No, it's not a horror movie or a romantic comedy with <laughs> no reason to watch it. <laughs> we'll just have to watch it in our free time. If I'm not watching a movie for this podcast, I'm not watching a movie because I don't have time for it. Same. So, but Paige, I sort of feel the same way you do about this movie. It sounds like I don't think I disliked this movie. I just feel yeah. like I'm not the target audience as an old white man for this yes. movie and that's fine there are a lot of movies that i'm its target audience right i i mean i think Paige is right that it's gothy clueless but <laughs> yeah it is no you're right i will say that i love clueless and i love goths let's do yeah. this <laughs> here's the thing i didn't i didn't dislike this movie at all i felt the same about this as i felt watching enola holmes earlier this year okay in watching it i was like younger me would fucking dig this yeah i'm sure older me appreciates that that would happen and older <laughs> you was really into the henry cavill part he was fully clothed the whole damn time that son um, of a bitch he knows his job <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's he's really good at it. But no, yeah, I mean, whatever. he's honestly one of those guys that's like a super hunky dude, but also a great actor. So I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I sort of feel like this movie was probably really great if it hits you at the right time in your life. Yes. And I'm not at that point in my life. Like, had I gone to see this with like my high school girlfriend, like at 15, 16, 17, 18, like in that ra age range, mm -hmm. I bet I would have thought it was a pretty good movie and she would have loved it. I'm not thinking of a girl in particular, but I'm just thinking that this is a movie that's aimed at girls, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was actually, um, you've unlocked a fun fact. So this was actually written by two men and a lot of people are surprised that it seems to capture what I would say pretty authentic teenage girl interactions. I was going to ask you that, Paige, because I've never yeah. been a teenage girl. So like, I don't know if this is what that would sound like. I think it is pretty realistic as far I mean like the part that's not realistic is actively practicing accurate Wicca but like, do you mean because you know. at that age in your life you're probably doing Wicca wrong yeah that actually yes that is what I mean now this movie because Wicca exists like you could do does. this sort of yeah yeah you could but as far as like their friendship and kind of the you know dynamics at their school and stuff a, a lot of people credit that to the fact that both of the guys that wrote this had teenage daughters at the oh time. okay ah. And they brought in a Wicca specialist. The lady who became the bookshop owner. <laughs> yes. Like that yeah, character. Yeah. I'm sure they based that character on the Wicca expert. Yeah. I believe they found her from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it's Wikipedia. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Pat Devin was her name. Oh, okay. And so she actually, while they were writing the script and developing it, they would ask her, like, is this accurate? Is this something we should do? And she would actually give them feedback, and most of it ended up in the movie. So That's good, though. Hire an expert yeah. and then listen to your expert. Like, that's what yeah. they're there for. Yeah, and, and I think she's the reason why we get a movie that depicts I, I don't think there are very many other especially not teen movies that depict magic in this way and I would say this is more accurate to the way that people practice magic in life than anything else the idea that it's all this homework for one ritual that makes an tiny incremental change right that and that is much more accurate i think but we'll go over a little bit more of the stuff that they did as we go through the movie awesome well let's just get into the fucking movie because i want to talk about it let's do it so we open on credits over a collection of magical objects and we see three teenage girls seated around a table chanting yeah pull back and see really kind of a long credit sequence over clouds yeah, real long i actually wanted to say this because normally i shit on credits yeah but i feel like these 
these credits, although there is really no dialogue, they set up the events in the movie in a way that the narrative of the story is going on while the credits are going on, which is all I'm asking for. Like, I don't think these are great credits. They don't necessarily need to be this long, but I didn't hate these credits because they are storytelling during the credits. Does that make sense? Right. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I rag on credits a lot. I didn't mind these. They weren't bad because we do see like the main character, Sarah, who becomes the main character. We see her. She's like moving to a new area. So the the clouds we see are flying there. They land and it's raining for some reason in L.A., which is not the case. There is more Los Angeles rain in this movie than there has been Los Angeles rain in the 10 years I have lived here. That's what I'm saying. That's why I thought it was Portland. I 100% thought this movie took place in Portland because it's raining all the time and they killed homeless people. I mean... Yeah. Uh, But anyway, as you mentioned, we see Sarah on an airplane seated next to her parents. Yeah. Y'all think it's weird they fly from San Francisco instead of drive for a a permanent move, right? No, No, not at all. I usually fly. No, but I mean, like a permanent, I just bought a house move, you would take your car, right? Not if you got money, baby. If you got money, you don't pack a thing. You pay $6,000 to have people come in and pack up all your shit, and then you get on a flight and meet the truck there. That's the way rich people move. Oh, I would assume that her family was super rich because of the mansion in L.A. Yeah. yeah, they would have to be super rich to have this house. Yeah, and she's in private school in yeah. Los mm-hmm. Angeles, which starts at twenty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, they are very affluent, and that dad never seems to be at work. Like they got <laughs> family money. That dad's hands have never touched a shovel. Uh, regardless, they're driving <laughs> up the hills to where their house is going to be. Yeah, and she sees like a Britney Spears level slave for you snake. Yeah. Crawling up a tree, which is wild because like we do have snakes here in Los Angeles, but it's mostly rattlesnakes, like rattlesnakes and garter snakes. That's our snake level. Right. There's not like boa constrictors hanging out in trees. (laughs) The L.A. pythons. (laughs) (laughs) The L.A. pythons work in a very different industry, but it's still somewhat movie related. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, The L.A. pythons are actually the male performer porn industry union name. That's actually no, they're they're intramural kickball team. (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. There are a like a toxic level of snakes on her way to this house. So we cut to the house. They they walk in and it is leaking, which to me suggests that maybe they didn't have as much money as we thought because the house is in disrepair. Oh, I just thought they had a bad realtor. (laughs) That's what I thought at first. And then the dad was like. Who cares? It's huge. I I'll fix it. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, they're just like mega yeah, rich. They're just mega rich. Yeah. They're like pick up and move from San Francisco for no reason rich. Anyway, so she goes up to her room. She opens a box. She pulls out a photo of a woman holding a hat. It's her mother. We find out later. Right. And she runs downstairs and starts going through some of the boxes in the living room. When the front door of the house opens, a strange man comes to the door with a snake. (laughs) And it's the snake that she saw driving up. And he says, I found this out back. Do you want it? Which is terrifying. This is a home invasion. He looks like someone who is experiencing homelessness coming into your home with a snake and then like almost throwing it at you. Which, yes. that's nightmare fuel. Yes, it is. It kind of establishes that their houses are up in the hills. Yeah. And classism note, uh, the reason people in Los Angeles live up in the hills is to avoid people experiencing homelessness. That's where the rich people live. And so he would have to walk miles <laughs> to get to that house, especially when we see him later just downtown. So I thought that was a little strange, but I chalked it up to this is an omen, not 
a real thing. I know it does really happen, but I think that's why they're doing it. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say, it does really happen because the dad comes downstairs when he hears her screaming and, like, grabs the fire poker and, like, starts yelling at him. Nah, it's fine. He'll get his for interrupting the rich people because they'll murder him in the streets later on. Teenage girls murder a man experiencing homelessness in this movie, and then they play it off like it's no big deal. They're like, oh, my God, that was so cool. That was so crazy. Do you guys see how we killed that guy? <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, so he takes her to school the next day, but gives her the option of staying home because she doesn't even have her school uniform yet, which I went to a school with uniforms. You don't get to go inside if you don't have one. Not even on your first day. Like, I, I don't know the rules because I grew up in public schools because, again, poor. But, like, I didn't know yeah. if they would, like, on your first day, okay, you can come in the first day, but you have to wear your no, uniform it's, the next it's day. No, it's dress code. Like, yeah, okay. you you are required to wear it. Yeah, that makes. I mean, that makes sense. One time at the uh, Renaissance Fair, my public school went as a field trip. And there was a private school, and I definitely hit on a girl in, in the Catholic school uniform and got rejected. But that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling us a story about the time you got rejected from a girl in a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, now most school uniforms are just polo shirts and khakis. She has a very eventful first day of school, though. Yeah, she does. We cut to the hallway of the school where we see Nev Campbell, Feruza Balk walking through the hallway, and Brecken Meyer yes. yells out, Scary bitch alert. He's terrible in this movie. He is a horrible person, yes. but I love Brecken Meyer. When I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a fun ride. High schoolers are mean <laughs> as shit. He's also in Clueless, by the way. Yeah. And Alicia Silverstone was also considered for this movie and took Clueless instead. So, like, th this is spooky Clueless is yeah. what this is. Oh, yeah. So they're talking about how it's a new moon. And uh, Feruza Balk's character, Nancy, does mention that she's going to have her period around the new moon, which is very fortuitous for their rituals. But they are looking for a fourth to call the corners. Yeah. So we cut to French class. Oh, wait. Hang on. We cannot leave this scene without talking about the legit noose. That Feruza Balk has in her locker. Yes. 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 Yeah. It's insane. Like, I cannot imagine any school like oh. principal or whatever would allow a student to have a legit noose. Not like a spirit Halloween costume noose, like a noose. Yeah. It, it's a noose. It's a black noose. Yes. Which yeah. just makes it better. Nancy <laughs> acts the shit out of this movie. She's oh, amazing. Yeah. I don't you don't really see her in much, but around this time she was in a lot of things. And she legit is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in Waterboy. She, yeah, she is in Waterboy. She's one of the first people they cast for this. That does not surprise me. I feel like yeah. her look and her vibe is perfect for this movie. So we cut to French class where uh, the French teacher calls on Brecken Meyer and basically asks him what he did for the weekend. Like, did you go swimming? Did you look for girls? And he doesn't understand. Because he's, you know, an idiot. He does not parler français. Yeah. And Sarah, our new girl kind of mumbles in French under her breath. You know, like you do. You like, you know, taunt people in a different language. This is also how we know she's crazy rich is that she's fluent in French already. <laughs> I didn't think about that. This is also where we first see Skeet Ulrich right before Scream. Yeah. This is Skeet Ulrich heyday. And this is also where they say, this is L.A. We should be learning Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Brecken Meyer because Brecken Meyer yes. in this movie. I love Brecken Meyer, but he is terrible in this movie. There's a lot of uh, racism in this movie. Oh, there yeah. Is. But I will say they do position those people as the bad characters. It's like sort yeah. of that's, evil. Character. Yeah, that's good. But there is blatant racism. You're right, Mikey. I do appreciate 
the depiction of racism in this movie because I feel like it's not something that gets addressed super often. I think a lot of people are like, and eh, the Civil War's over. There is no more racism and ignore the fact that people of color still experience it on a day-to-day basis, which yeah. is something that we see with Rochelle's character. And I did kind of like that that's what her character is fighting against. It's a real tangible issue. Yeah. Originally in the script, uh, that character was written as bulimic instead. Oh. And it was written, it wasn't necessarily written for an African-American actress, but they liked her so much, they cast her and then rewrote it to suit her. That actually makes sense. And I love that they did that, but that the hair falling out as the punishment makes more sense if it's bulimia, because bulimia can cause that. Now, that said, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to the punishment. I do like the punishment that they give her. I do think it's fitting. Yeah, me too. So in French class, Nev Campbell watches as Sarah, the new girl, makes a pencil stand straight up and spin on her desk. It was very cool. It is very cool. It was 96. I mean, this sort of thing is one of those things you'd be like, oh, that's that's whatever. Fine, fine. But this is like <laughs> even before Harry Potter and it looks mm-hmm. very good. I was very impressed with some some <laughs> of the special effects in this Fun movie. Fun fact, this yeah. is the only good special effects <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> You're not wrong, but it was 96. Also, we have to acknowledge that the piss poor attempt to ugly up Nev Campbell just <laughs> never comes across right. They really just dress her like Billie Eilish and then when they <laughs> she, she like no longer has scars, she dresses sexy. But yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, look at that girl. She She's hot. She's wearing short sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. Like the baggy clothes are the glasses and ponytail, and she's all that. Yeah. yeah. They also, yes. so here's the thing. They they give her they give her the baggy clothes. She's clearly always wearing long sleeves to cover her burns. Yes. The although scars. people know that she has them. Yeah. But then she also has kind of like greasy hair. It kind of hangs in her face. Yes. She, I mean, she looks like someone who does not know how to I don't want to say take care of herself that's not the right word but like I feel like for girls especially you have a point in your life where you figure out your thing you figure out how your hair works you figure out how your skin works and it's not always in high school and there are so many girls I think who went through high school with greasy hair and acne and then eventually figured everything out and now they look great (laughs) So like that's true. It, I I kind of read that as like oh she you know she's in that phase. So I sort of read it as she was so like sad and self conscious. Like, yeah, yeah self conscious about her scars that she just didn't feel like it was worth the effort to put the effort in. That makes sense. It makes sense to me too. Like I totally got it. I honestly like I I feel like her turn uh, when she does become in her words quote unquote pretty, which again Mikey I agree is ridiculous because she's very pretty the whole movie. But like yeah. I feel like that that one made the most sense to me. But we'll we'll, yes. we'll get there when we talk to it. But right. because she was so down on herself, let's talk about it as we go through it. But I, sure, sure. I felt really bad for her character. Oh, 100%. Because I, I feel like even more so for women, way more so for women, your appearance, especially in high school, is like all your social cachet. And she just did not have any of that because of those burns. I Yeah, and I will say you can rise above it as someone who is both fat and popular, but... <laughs> <laughs> Paige, I love you so much. <laughs> it's not easy, is all I'm saying. <laughs> but no, and especially in in high school, people can be insanely cruel. Yes, she just seems like she's been beaten down so much. Let's yes. just talk about the fact that humanity 
itself is insanely cruel. Yes. Anyway, we go to the next class where they're in biology lab and Bonnie Nev Campbell is talking to Nancy and Rochelle. Because she's like, I think I found her fourth. She made a pencil stand up in class mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So, okay. So in this world, can like everybody do magic? No. So that's the debate with the script. And this is also something that I kind of really like about this movie as far as how it depicts magic. Uh, Magic with a K in this movie. Ooh. I don't think they spell that out anywhere, but I'm like, it is the K kind. They didn't in the subtitles. (laughs) They did not. So in one version of the script, they have no powers and Sarah is the only one who has powers and she is the one that truly makes their spell work. That oh. was changed slightly so that their powers are tied to when they are together, which is more in line with Wicca practitioners where right. power is the ritual as a group. And the more intention you can get behind what you're trying to do, the more likely you are to affect change. However, it is intention and you have to be very, very clear about your intentions because magic is much like the fates in Greek mythology. What you ask for, you get, but not necessarily in the way you wanted. That's why you have to be specific. And we see that bear out through this movie as well. Right. There you go. But it is all about setting your intention and holding intentions for other people as well, like other people in your coven, if you will. Right. It really is what Norman Peale ripped off for the power of positive thinking. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. Or the book The Secret. He ripped off Dale Carnegie, if we want to get into it. Yeah. But. Norman Peale was like a notorious grifter. Like, we could get into all of that. He's a horrible dude. We do not have time for me to go (laughs) off for an hour and a half on how large group awareness trainings and how self-improvement seminars or programs are all cons. Oh, yeah. But Paige, this is why I love you so much. We're like aligned on all this shit. The fact that when I said Norman Peele's name, you like perked up and we're like, oh, fuck that guy. That's why I love you right there. That moment was when I fell in love with you. (laughs) I really loved his sketch show. No, that's You're Key and Jordan Peele. Peele. Right, yeah, yeah. He makes a lot of great horror movies now. Because of the power of positive thinking. <laughs> no, the power of positive thinking is a lie. Yeah, guys, just set your intention and work towards it. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I have a lot of negative self-talk. Anyway, next scene. (laughs) So Sarah walks up to their table to ask if she can sit with them, and they just kind of stare at her. It really is just Nancy, because Nancy is the head. She's like the ringleader of the original three girls, right? Right. And this is what sets up why Nancy ends up hating Sarah. Right. Because when Sarah comes in, she sort of upsets that balance, right? Of power. Well, yeah. Yes, Mikey, of power, that balance of power, if you will. But she, Nancy, is giving her the stink eye, and then Sarah's just like, "Uh, okay, I'll just go away, that's fine. So she walks away, and then Bonnie sort of sheepishly says, no, you could stay, but Sarah does not hear her, and she continues to walk away. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing, there shouldn't be a leader. That's what Nancy's missing. It's a collaborative effort, but yes. You mean a coven? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, if we're talking about actual Wicca, then yes. Yeah, yeah. But Mm -hmm. in this movie, she clearly sees herself that way. I think she's Mm -hmm. the only one that does, but she does see herself that way. So, we cut to lunch where Skeet Ulrich sits 
at Sarah's table because she's eating lunch alone. Yes. And he apologizes for how mean they were to her in French class. Well, really, Brecken Meyer was because he didn't, Skeet didn't really do anything. Skeet didn't do anything, but he didn't stop anybody. Uh, That's true. Yeah. She says, you are who you hang with. And he's like, you call me an asshole. And she was, and she basically is like, I'm sorry. People have just been really rude to me today. Honestly, I thought this was super sweet that he came up and apologized and gave her a flower. I was like, Oh, skeet, 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 skeet. Motherfucker. <laughs> to the windows, to the walls. There are snakes falling down these walls. <laughs> <laughs> but he turns out to be an asshole. Yes. So she, he asks who was rude to her. She points out the three girls. He calls them the bitches of Eastwick. I thought which, that was by the funny because I'm amazing. a whore for puns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. such a great pun. <laughs> that's amazing. It was the best joke of the movie. Yeah. So, he kind of gives her the breakdown. This is the same as the scene in Mean Girls where Damien is at the PE class breaking down who each girl is. Uh, it's just in kind of a compact form where he basically is like, the one on the right, Nancy, is a slut. The one in the middle, Bonnie, has burn scars. And then he doesn't even talk about Rochelle. Yeah. There's a lot of casual racism happening at this school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she is, you are right. She is the only black girl at the school. Yeah. Notably. That's, I think, why she is targeted, really. Yeah. I'm sure it is. So he's the one who basically brings up their witches. That's what people say. Yeah. And then he invites her to come watch him at football practice, which is so sad. Uh, <laughs> I had a girl I dated who would watch me at soccer practice. That's so sad. It was because we would do something afterward. Okay. But does she have something she could do during soccer practice? I think she did her homework a lot. Okay. that Okay. That makes sense. So she was just sort of hanging out where you were practicing and doing her homework. Yeah. I'll forgive that. Yeah. She was yeah. doing shit. She had her own life. She passes the Bechdel test. This movie definitely does. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. But they do talk about an off-screen man a lot. <laughs> <laughs> an off-screen man in? Now, I would argue that this entity, like many entities, is genderless. Uh, they gender them, which is what I thought was super interesting because I don't know a lot about Wicca, but I don't think that they genderize that. Well, it's also realm, a fake right? entity. Oh, okay. So Manana's completely made up. Completely made up. I'll okay. get into why in fun okay. facts. Yeah, I wondered that because I had, it's not something I had heard of, although I'm definitely not super into Wicca, but I know a little bit about it just through like casual research because I find right. religion as a mental exercise interesting but i did not know about menon so yeah I, I knew about him from when he when steve manon got arrested for giving false testimony to congress oh yeah and got his twitter account banned yeah because he was like i am the real god god doesn't exist we should behead all other journalists <laughs> the election's fake <laughs> So we cut to her at soccer practice Football practice And I do think it's interesting that when Skeet invites her to go to football practice She says, uh, no, that sounds awful And, and then she, she still does goes. Go. She like I think she just has sort of nothing to do. And she did tell her dad she was gonna walk home. So like head cannon in my mind, she was walking home and sort of paused at the fence to see, oh, I guess this is where they practice. And then that's when Nancy and the other girls walked up on her. In my mind, she has more self-respect than to go and sit at practice. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, because we do find out that even after he's mean to her, she wants him to like her. So maybe, yeah. maybe not. No, no, you're right. It's it's very ambiguous. The song playing 
in this scene is very important. I want you to remember it for later with fun facts. So it's a cover of How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Yeah. And it's a cover because they couldn't afford the original. Really? Remember that when we get to fun facts because that's going to be important later. All right, cool. So the girls approach her as she's watching him practice. They apologize for biology. They introduce themselves. Well, Bonnie apologizes on behalf of Nancy. Nancy does not apologize. Yeah. Well, and she basically says she's like, Nancy's a dick to everybody. Yeah. What? That's true. I mean, that's not an untrue statement. And Nancy does not correct her. They ask her if she wants to go to coffee. They're like, we know who you are already, basically. We asked around. We asked around. And they tell her that Skeet Ulrich's character comes onto anything with tits. Except for Bonnie. Except for Bonnie. That made me so sad. Yeah. And we find out that he potentially gave Nancy an STD. Something. Yeah. Something. We don't know what it is, but something. I honestly thought the disease he might have been spreading may have been more metaphorical and was just like lies. Yeah. You do find out that that they did have some sort of sexual relationship a little bit later. So it could have also been an STD. Yeah, we don't know. They say that they're going shopping and she says, I don't have any money, although she does have money later. But I think yeah, she, she was does. saying that she didn't have <laughs> I think she was saying she didn't have money to not go shopping. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to go at this point. Yeah, I think that um, was just her excuse. And they were like, Well, come, we're gonna steal. And that does not yeah. make me want to go with you. No. Boy. Hey, come with me. We're gonna commit a misdemeanor. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna go to that. I know that there are a lot of shoplifting <laughs> teens and it's a teen activity that people do. I was never a shoplifting teen in part because by the time I was their age, I had already had my first retail job. Now, we find out that Sarah's family is from San Francisco as they're kind of walking to go shopping. And this is also where we see Sarah's scars on her wrists. And they say that she did it the right way, which is vertical. You go down the highway, not across it. Which nobody, don't do it. Just don't do it. Oh, yeah. Don't ever do that. So they arrive at their destination, which is a magic shop, candle, herbs, etc. The only magic shop I went to in high school was for magic cards. Magic the Gathering? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Mikey, I love you so much right now. Are you serious? Are you making fun of me in high school? Uh, Okay. I had some decks. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Ahem. I've got seven land cards that I'm going to tap to summon Manon. (laughs) Now, this is actually pretty interesting as far as magic shops go. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, because nothing has uh, price tags on it. Well, yeah, I mean, have you been to a magic shop? (laughs) No. (laughs) They're like, conjure the price tag yourself. No. (laughs) Wingardium Preciosa. (laughs) Um, so something that we see in the background of this magic shop many magical practices are tied to what we would call syncretic religious practices and those are religious practices often from overseas often originally practiced by people of color uh, combined with things like Catholicism that were forced on them when they were brought to the new world as slaves yeah and it's a little frustrating uh, in modern day when magic is much more accepted in popular society yeah thanks Harry Potter (laughs) a lot of those practices that are tied to natural and ancestral worship religions that are people of colors you know religions a lot of those practices were looked down upon and people of color have been persecuted and kind of ostracized for those practices that are now packaged and sold to white women 
in fancy magic stores. Yeah, they're packaged and sold to white women along with their pumpkin spice lattes. Yes. And, yeah. and that is a frustration of mine because I feel like if you are going to practice these types of practices, you should really understand where they come from. And sort of pay homage and respect to where they originated. Yes. And A, know what you're dealing with and B, take a look at your practice and understand if your practice is coming at the expense of someone who is born into these worship rites. Right. But in this magic shop, they actually have a portion of the shop is for either Santeria or Brujeria because we do have Guadalupe depicted with candles and other supplies. Yeah. And the colored candles she has are a lot more tied to Santeria and Brujeria than they are to what I would call European pagan witchcraft practices. That's sort of the stuff I don't notice because I don't practice Santeria. I, like, I ain't got no crystal ball. <laughs> I ain't got no crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> I had a million dollars. <laughs> I spend it all. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so this is a magic shop that has supplies for multiple different kinds of natural ancestral worship practices. Yeah, it's like the Walmart of magic. Yeah. <laughs> so Bonnie is trying to steal a spell book. And they get caught. The owner of the shop notices Sarah's ring and she just says, it's a beautiful ring. It was your mother's. And then asks her how to use, if she knows how to use the candle she's holding. holding. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you light the wick. And I was like, ha. <laughs> so she tells her about the candles. She says red is for love. Black is for, you know what? You should read this pamphlet. Yeah. Because in different practices... Black candles are bad, depending on what you're doing. They can mean different things, right? Depending upon... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she hands her a pamphlet that says, have you heard the good news about Manon? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Manon? Manon, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, depending on, on what you're doing, right? candle colors is important. So she's telling her about the candles, yeah. hands her a pamphlet, and tells her, well, maybe you're a natural witch and your power comes from within. We cut to, and she pays for it. So she has money. She has cash. Yeah. So they leave and they're walking through a pretty bad part of town. She says, I think I should go home. And they just tell her, look straight ahead and keep up. We see behind them that the man who walked into her house with a snake is just a couple paces behind them. Right. And he says, I know you. I know you. I had a dream about you. And in my dream, you're dead. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And he literally starts to chase them. And they're scared. Like running. Listen, I am a full-grown adult man. If that happened to me, I would be scared. Yeah. And they are girls in high school. They should yeah. be terrified. They respond appropriately. Except for killing him. Let me tell you, I am a big, big guy. You know, people don't really mess with me. I have been chased by multiple people of the street. People of the street. People experiencing homelessness or severe mental illness. Yes. It's terrifying. And I'm an expert who's like, understands what's going on with them yeah, yeah you're like a licensed mental health professional <laughs> that's not even it i just work with that population all the time yeah it's scary yeah. well and you you don't know their intent you don't know if and he had another snake 
He had another snake. You don't know if he has weapons. You don't know what's going to happen. This dude is lousy with snakes, Mikey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, if someone who's experiencing homelessness chases you and says, I want to show you my snake, you got to get out of there. Unless it's Britney Spears at the VMAs. Oh, absolutely, Paige. Oh. But Paige, he was, when they started to run away and he realized he scared her again, he's like, oops, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so... The girls run away from this man into the street. Yes. And they make it across the street. He makes it to the middle of the street. They turn as he is run over by a car. Now, right. the three girls were like chanting together to try and make it happen. So they think they caused the car to hit him. Okay. Can I just say this? I don't think they did. I don't think that they are responsible for this man's death. I'm assuming he died because we see his head get run over by a wheel. Yes. Like I do think like if the cops came, they'd be like, I don't know. He was chasing us. We ran away and he followed us into the street and he got run over. Yeah. They'd be like completely in the clear. I think there is a reading of this movie where they want to believe that it was them. Oh yeah. But it is happenstance. Yeah, I think that's very, very possible. Alternate reading of this movie and potentially the intention of the original script. Sarah is scared. She is. He is after Sarah. Sarah is a natural witch. She has powers and they have more power collectively as the four of them. Her fear feeds their intention and they do make it happen. OK, I like that. I think that's I think they're murderers. <laughs> <laughs> But then that could, I would say even then it's an accident, not necessarily like the three girls are chanting for it. Sarah, I don't think intended to do it, but I think you could also read this as it being a complete accident that they want to read as them causing it because they want to think that they have powers. Yes. This is why you're not allowed to do magic when you're not at Hogwarts, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say this is why if you're doing magic, try not to do magic against other people. Uh, the girls run into the park, which I think I know where they are and what park they're in. And that is a dangerous place to be at night. Is it? Yeah. These, uh, their parents are not great in this film. Oh, can I just say this if i had not told my dad where i was gonna be and did not show up until late at night i would be in so much trouble man this is pre-cell phones yes by the time i was this age and had a car and was able to like get around on my own without my parents cell phones were out and so i would have had a million and a half missed calls on my nokia brick hell yeah mikey's pager would have been blowing up I mean, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't have been downtown killing homeless people, but that's just me. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, Mikey. So, this is where Nancy introduces the concept of Manon to Sarah, basically being like, it's God and the devil. It's everything. It's Yeah, like if God and devil were playing a game of football, it'd be the stadium they were playing in. I like the way they explained it. Yeah, it's essentially this idea of like the deep state of religion <laughs> <laughs> it is naturalistic religion it is naturalism she learned about this on faith anon, faith anon. <laughs> uh, i mean i would imagine she maybe early early internet but most likely this is just somebody who was like i want to do magic oh yeah i'm gonna find some books at the library like the amount of work that would have had to go into them getting this into magic is is honestly impressive yeah they ask her does stuff like tonight happen to you a lot like that guy dying when you needed him to and she basically says yes but it's not always the way i want which is the way intentions work like th yeah. this right. is accurate she's like yeah i've killed three other homeless people 
Uh, no, but she basically is like, I'll want it to rain and a pipe pipe will burst, or I'll want it to be quiet and I'll go deaf for three days. Like yeah. th- it's that level of intention that is affecting change. Also, could be confirmation bias. It could also be confirmation bias. You are absolutely right. Well, and and Mikey, you've hit upon something that I think is very big in almost all, if not all, religions. Confirmation bias. Yes, that's my whole thing with religion. Is like you can't prove it. I can't prove it isn't real. So let's not fight about it. There's no reason yeah. to fight about it. Right? I don't think you should fight and persecute people unless their religion is actively hurting people. I am a person of faith, and I know pages too. So I know we're going to disagree on that, Toddington. Well, no, I, I agree with Todd. It's not that I'm not a person of faith. I believe in some things, but what I believe in doesn't matter. And what you believe in doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm glad you believe in something. There's just no reason to fight about it. Because I could be like, well, yeah. Mikey, prove to me what you think mm-hmm. is re- is real. Prove it. You're right, Paige. We should kill him until he believes it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I, I actually agree with Todd because... Oh, Mikey, I love you. I will never be able to prove what I believe, and that's yeah. not the point. And well, like, that's the whole concept of faith is that you will yes. never be able to prove what you. I'll believe. never be able to prove it. He can't prove it's not real. Exactly. As long as we're not hurting each other, we'll go along with our lives, and it'll be fine. Yes, that's that's my whole point, and that's why like it would be easy for us to come in here and sort of make fun of Wicca and Wiccan and stuff. But that to me is just like another form of a religion. It's not any weirder to me than Christianity because it's all super weird. We do drink somebody's blood on a regular basis. Yeah. You guys do vampirism and cannibalism on a regular basis and pass it off like that's cool. I just like free food. (laughs) I mean, aside from communion, church do be having those potlucks, though. Yeah, listen, if your church is having a spaghetti dinner, I will still go. (laughs) This is why I don't practice Wicca or any other witchcraft because I fully believe the spirit world is real and you just don't fuck with it. Don't mess with them. Leave them alone. Oh yeah, Todd's like, I don't believe in any of that but we definitely could not get Todd on a Ouija board. You can't get me on a Ouija board either. I don't care how many Confederate generals are there. (laughs) Mikey, it's clear to me you don't know what I believe because there's a lot of left-hand path magic stuff that I actively practice. Hereditary goes hardcore left-hand path. And while I think it's really interesting the way they depict it in that movie. That's why Hereditary scares me so much. It is very scary because yeah. it is left hand path magic. Yeah. And this is so, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but like we can't get into a chaos magic discussion right now. <laughs> that would take days. Can we? We can if you want Bonus to. Bonus episode. <laughs> I've got my anti chaos magic deck and magic the gathering ready to go. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, basically, this is going to sound so <gasps> ignorant and stupid, but I want you all to know it. Mikey, that's so unlike you. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm going to be pretty on brand today. Uh, <laughs> Is uh, everything I've learned about like magic and like other things probably comes from like video games and movies? <laughs> yeah, honestly, Mikey, you don't you do what I call passive research. It, you let right, the research right. come to you. I do sort of active research in things that interest me, right? And left hand path magic is one of those things. <laughs> if I could expect in that magic type in World of Warcraft, I probably know like a passable amount of it. <laughs> I live a stone's throw from the Agape Lodge, or what used to be the Agape Lodge. Okay. And so I am fascinated by magic while never going to practice it. So I like reading about other people who did and being like, ooh, that was a bad idea, getting all the cum and the knives out. 
but like <laughs> now you're talking hard left hand path <laughs> dude jack parsons lived by my house you, you yeah. gotta keep your keep your head on a swivel but he did so much before he blew himself up in his garage page i know and or was murdered and we can talk about that later on that a would be a episode. whole extra episode I, <laughs> I could talk about jack parsons for fucking forever i know you name dropped that book on him sex sex and rockets dude sex and rockets yeah i think it was on the last episode it wasn't was it? <laughs> Paige, you and i just need to get on a zoom call and have a jp nerd talk <laughs> Anywho, so this is where Nancy brings up the idea of invoking a spirit, and the way she describes it is essentially possession, and that can be very dangerous. Uh, I thought it was more of like a sexual description because she's like, he'll he'll like enter you. It is possession. It's fully <laughs> possession. Th- these girls are in high school, Mikey. Oh, don't you do this to me. <laughs> I didn't say it. Nancy I said get it. older, but they stay the same age. <laughs> man on, man on, man on. <laughs> That's what a man is like, you know, saying. Man on McConaughey? <laughs> or Matthew McConaughey? Man- <laughs> but Nancy basically describes it as like he he comes into you and makes everything all better again. And Sarah says, <laughs> "That's what my Tinder profile says." <laughs> well, I <laughs> wrong. No, <laughs> he comes inside you, and now you have eighteen years of responsibility. Anyway, so <laughs> Sarah says. Nothing makes everything all better again. And I think this is in reference to like her mom and her being like, yeah, I think so too. And I think it's a healthy outlook to be like, yo, things can't be the way they are. You just have to move forward and bad things happen. But like Mm -hmm. you have to work through them. Um, But she basically says, you guys are freaking me out and leaves. The other girls, Rochelle and Bonnie are like, Nancy, we need her. And Nancy's like, she'll be back. Don't worry about it. She goes and meets Skeet Ulrich on a rooftop. Yep. They kiss, but she basically says that she's not going to go back to his house where his parents aren't home. He's like, let's go back to my place. Nobody's there. Like, he clearly is looking to smash. And she says no. Yeah, absolutely. I, at this point, was like, oh, he's being super respectful of her decision, like, to not consent. Yeah. And then when they get to school the next day, it's real bad. I didn't remember that he was, like, a bad dude because I was like, okay, so he's, like, nice about it. He's, like, the love interest or whatever. Yeah, like, the first two scenes with Skeet Ulrich, you're like, oh, he's not, like, a stereotypical douchebag high schooler. Right. And then every other scene, you're like, oh, no, he, he is. My he bad. is. Yeah, he that's is. my bad. I mean, every time in high school I try to start a room where I slept with somebody, they just laughed at me. So I just, I don't know. I was doing it wrong. <laughs> Consider the source, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> you were just running around school like, I am Manon and I've been inside people. <laughs> And all the girls are like, fat chance, asshole. (laughs) Ain't nobody invoking you into their lady bits. (laughs) It's like you're reading off my yearbook. (laughs) (laughs) Have a nice summer. Never change. Uh, So... The next day, we cut to the next day at school, they're in lab, and the girls ask how her date went. They tell her that basically Skeet Ulrich, Chris, has told everyone that they had sex and it was bad. Yeah, and and that it's the same thing he said about Nancy. This is where we find out they actually Mm -hmm. did have sex, Nancy and Skeet. Yeah, and then Nancy basically says... I told you he was a jerk. And so, Sarah, I really appreciated this because I feel like a lot of people would just be like, well, I, I, I guess I'm it's social suicide. I'm just dead now. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to talk to anybody. But instead, she confronts him. She's like, why'd you lie about me? 
And Breckenmeyer interrupts and is just like, uh, yeah, you're going to have to make an appointment to talk with it. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Brecken's the mm -hmm. worst. Although he's great in this movie. He's just the worst. The worst. Yeah. And Skeet Ulrich says, stop begging. It's pathetic. Dude, this was oh, yeah. so dirty. Because, I mean, oh. he doesn't. no one else knows what she says. She didn't do it publicly enough. Yeah. That's where I think her mistake was. Yeah. Because he makes it seem like she was begging him to, like, go out with her again. Right. And she just says, fuck you. Yeah. We cut to the pool where Raquel is on the high dive and Christine Taylor yes. is the popular girl. From Wedding Singer. And Hey Dude, apparently, as and, Natalie and told me. And Hey Dude. I love Hey Dude. Oh, Hey Dude's so good. I don't even know what Hey Dude is. Hey Dude is awesome. It was a Nickelodeon show about like a ranch and all like the teenagers that worked at the ranch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't have cable growing up, so I don't know. Uh oh, that must have been sad for you. Yeah, I had wood paneling and terrestrial TV. We get it, Todd. You're the Nancy of this group. We get it. Oh, that's so true and hurtful. Uh, but so Christine Taylor and her friend sitting next to her on the pool basically heckle R Rochelle as she's diving and they ruin her dive. Yeah, they yell shark, which I would not believe, I think. I, I think it doesn't matter what they yell. I think just the yelling breaks her confidence as she's diving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very fair. So we cut to the locker room afterwards where yes. Christine Taylor is brushing her hair, which, by the way, is gorgeous. Like they did a lot of work to make her <laughs> hair look amazing before it falls out. And she basically makes fun of Rochelle having nappy hair, which she doesn't. Rochelle's hair is gorgeous. She's no, clearly taking care of it. It's beautiful. Um, right. But that's the kind of comment that would end careers 10 years from now. Yeah. And Christine, <laughs> I think her character's name is Laura. Laura is basically just being racist. And Rochelle asks her. Oh, she says the N-word. Yeah, she says, why are you doing this to me? Do you think you're funny? And she basically says, I don't like N-words. Just yeah. full-blown racist. Yeah. It's so, so brutal and so sad. Yeah. And so the next scene, we cut to Bonnie. And they're having what they call gene therapy. They don't go too into detail about what they're doing yeah they went to the mall to buy jeans to make her feel better for having the burns <laughs> <laughs> but essentially they put her on a table where we see her back and her back is badly burned she's essentially getting needle therapy where it's just pricking her a number of times yeah now i think there's something in the needle that's supposed to help yeah it's supposed to activate genes or whatever you know science stuff and this is apparently based on somebody the writer knew who had like burns over a section of her body and just kind of the way she felt about it. It's really yeah, sad. That is really sad. Uh, we cut to Sarah, who is now at home, and she's having a flashback to the night she tried to kill herself. That's kind of where we're seeing her struggles as well. And we cut to Nancy walking home in the rain mm. to a trailer with alcoholic parents. Yeah, a mom and a stepdad. A mom and a stepdad. Who is not a great dude. No, there's no electricity. The roof is leaking. Her life is miserable, essentially. Yeah. yeah. We cut to the next day where they tell Sarah at school that they're going on a field trip. They all get on a bus together. And when they get off the bus, the bus driver basically says, watch out for those weirdos. And she says, I love this. We are the weirdos, mister. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, 
No, your high school girls. I'm talking about people who would like rape and kill you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go out into the middle of the field. They set up all of their magic stuff. This is when they officially become a coven. Because they make a circle. Yes. Um, they have to declare their intention to join the circle. And then they call the corners. They prick their fingers, put blood in the chalice. They then each, as they drink of the chalice, declare their intentions personally. The things that yes. they want to manifest. And so Rochelle goes first and she says that she wants the ability not to hate those who hate me, which is a very selfless way to address something that is inherently cruel. And it's yeah, she's dealing sad. with blatant racism. Yeah. And she wants the power to not let it bother her. Like, that's yeah. so sweet. Right. Yeah. And I thought her intention was so much better. So I was kind of surprised that her thing turned bad. Well, that's the thing with intention. Yeah, it's not always what you sort of ask for. Well, in reality, her spell does come true because at the end, as that girl's hair is literally falling out in clumps, she doesn't hate her anymore. She pities her. She sort of empathizes, yeah. Then the next one is Sarah, who asks that she wants to love herself more and allow herself to be loved by others. Then Bonnie asks to be beautiful outside and in. And then Nancy just says, I take into myself all the power of Manon and then drinks the whole cup. And as she does, a cluster of butterflies appears and she takes this as Manon listening to them. Yes, it's a real King David kind of move. We cut to the next day in French class where they're questioning whether or not their spells are working. They clearly are because Skeet Ulrich can't stop staring at her and is following her. He tries to talk to her afterwards as they leave class. She basically is talking to Bonnie and is like, it's working. <laughs> like this is. Yeah. So she makes him like carry her books uh, she tells him that he has to tell his friends that he's a nasty lying sack of shit. He wants to sit with them in mass. And she basically gets to order him around for at least this these couple scenes. He's yeah. purely under her control. So the spells are working. So we cut to them having a sleepover where they play light as a feather. Uh, they levitate Rochelle until their mom interrupts and she falls. She's like, are you girls getting high? No, no, no. Just conjuring the devil. Leave it. <laughs> it was, that's a good pun. I did think it was funny because, yeah, they are sort of getting high. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we cut to essentially a montage of like friendship and magic. Yes. <laughs> They're back at school. Their clothes are cool, even though it's still uniforms, but they're like accessorizing with cool sweaters yeah. and stuff. As Sarah's walking through the hall, she snatches a hair out of Christine Taylor's head and basically says, oh, I saw a bug. They have shampoo for that, you know, which is like pretty mean as well. And they did that because they wanted her to use the bottle of shampoo in gym class that they clearly switched out for Nair. <laughs> I mean, we don't see that in the movie, but what they do do is they braid her section of hair that they stole into Rochelle's hair. This is where we find out that the picture that Sarah has in her room is of her real mother who died in childbirth. Right. In some magical circles, having someone die giving birth to you does imbue you with magical properties because you have essentially taken a life. But we don't get too much into that 
here. We cut to Bonnie, who is literally rocking back and forth, fetal position almost, with Nancy. And she's just chanting, Manon, take my scars. Give me beauty outside and in. Because she's the only one whose spell hasn't really worked at this point. Yeah. It's sad. It's real sad. Yeah. Uh, We cut to the next day where Rochelle is diving again. And again, Christine Taylor's being kind of a bitch. Now, something that when they're braiding her hair into Rochelle's hair, she asks, what will this do to her? And Sarah says, nothing if she doesn't do anything to you. Okay. Which is basically like she has to act in order for this to happen. Yeah. So, but again, she heckles her on the high dive. And we see that her hair in the shower starts falling out in huge chunks. And as it happens, Rochelle nails the dive. We cut to Bonnie, who goes in for what looks like a chemical peel essentially. And as they're completing the peel, her scars literally fall off her body. Yeah. Her skin is perfect. And the doctor's like, oh, it's a miracle. The treatment worked. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe it was. Maybe it was. We yeah. cut back to school where they're asking where Bonnie is because she was supposed to come back today. Did you talk to her? And she walks in short sleeves, clear glow up because her scars oh, yeah. are gone. She got that blowout. She's looking real nice. We cut to Nancy's house where her spell doesn't seem to be working. So she's at home by herself with candles and knives trying things out. And she takes a shower, comes out into their kitchen in a robe. And her stepdad is fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. It's so gross. That could be that might as well be see through and like grabs at her. Yeah, it's real creepy. And her mom kind of like tries to stop him. And then he's abusing her mom. He's trying to hit her mom. So Nancy screams and the electricity shorts out, the kitchen catches on fire, and her stepdad has a heart attack. Yeah, he straight up dies. We cut to uh, what I would assume is probably the next day or two, where she and her mom are sitting on their couch, and an insurance adjuster shows up. And he's like, you know, I just have to ask some questions because with a policy of this size. And they're like, what are you talking about? What policy? And he's like, well, he had a life insurance policy Through the company. Through the company. Okay, so I laughed out loud at this scene because, A, the way they react is bonkers, and I think that's hilarious, and the amount of money they're reacting about is not a lot. Thank you, Todd. I was like, I mean, it's a good amount of money, but it's not Yeah, oh, it's not nothing, but that's not going to buy them what they show them buying. Right, a high-rise apartment in LA for $175,000? It is an apartment, not a house. Yeah, they're going to have to move out in a month and a half. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They couldn't have bought it. They could be renting it at a pretty high rate every month. So they find out that they're suddenly rich. Quote, unquote, rich. I mean, it's like $300,000 today, which is not nothing, but that's not even going to buy you a house in L.A. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. So cut to them walking through the park, questioning whether or not they killed him, her stepdad. (laughs) Right. And we walk up to Nancy's new apartment with her mom. I love that there's no furniture in the house. Basically, her mom bought a crazy couch and a jukebox that only plays Connie Francis. (laughs) You know, the famous singer Connie Francis. Yeah, she is a famous. Like, that. that is a real person. I know it's a real person. A whole whole jukebox? jukebox? Like, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's Hoobastank. True. (laughs) Her mom is basically Amy Poehler's character from Mean Girls. (laughs) That's true. Uh, So they're in Nancy's bedroom, which is literally a mattress on the floor surrounded by shopping bags. This sort of made me sad a little bit because I feel like these few scenes really, like, typify 
the phrase, you can move out of the trailer park, but you can't move the trailer park out of the people. And that made me so sad. Well, I, I think it's a case of if you've never had money ever. Yeah. It's very difficult to understand how to manage something that you've never had. This is why it's this is why classism exists, because you've got a whole generation of people who have experience handling money and have had money for a long time. And then you have a whole generation of people who have never had money, whose parents didn't have money. And even giving them money without the understanding of how to manage it and invest it and take care of it that the other half just has because they've been doing it forever. It really is kind of a struggle and it's the other thing too is most poor neighborhoods are not equipped for people to save money it is built into society for that to fail and i do think you're right i think they're going to be out of that apartment in a couple months because they spent all the money on crazy couches and i think they're paying monthly more than they probably need to or should yeah it's kind of, for me, ultimately sad because it is probably very short-lived. This made me very sad just because I grew up pretty poor and I I like I recognize a lot of this and it just made me real sad. Let's just say when I uh, got a good job and started making decent amount of money, I made a lot of very stupid decisions with money and I recognize <laughs> that here. Yeah. So we cut to them in the bedroom kind of seated in their circle and they're learning how to create glamour illusions. Yeah. Basically to make somebody else see something else. So Sarah turns her eyes brown and then she turns her hair blonde and then shakes and turns it back. It was cool. cool. It was cool. Yeah. And the effects in this scene look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to Sarah's house where Skeet Ulrich is calling outside her window at three in the morning. <laughs> like, why would you answer your phone? It's 3 a.m. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yes. He's like, I was thinking we could move in together. I'm not yeah. ready for that. I think I love you. I think you should go home. Yeah. And then her dad's like, what are you doing here? We cut back to the magic shop. Yeah. Where the girls are shopping again and she asks the woman at the magic shop, she's like, I need to undo a love spell. And she basically says, you can't undo it. It just has to run its course. Right. And she goes, oh, you don't sell Bezoars? My bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that sets up essentially the rest of the movie where it's like, do not trifle in this. This yeah. is serious because the things you have chosen to do and the things you have invoked and the things you have set your intentions toward cannot be undone. Yeah. Once you open Manon's box, it can't be closed. No. Yeah. They ask her what's behind the curtain. <laughs> And she doesn't tell them. They ask if it's like black magic. And she basically says true magic is neither black or white, meaning magic itself is not evil. It is in the intention of the magician. Yeah. Or or the witch. Magician. Not a magician. <laughs> like, my intention is that you cannot see my card. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's magic itself is just a tool. And it's the intentions of the practitioner that make it evil or good, quote unquote. Which is literally played out the rest of the movie yeah and what she says is whatever you send out you get back three times so nancy buys a book about invoking spirits yeah and the woman at the store says oh you must be very experienced this is very dangerous and she's like yeah i'm fine it's fine and she says it's 25 dollars." and she just says oh look i have money this time (laughs) basically throwing (laughs) it in her face like we steal from you a lot Yeah, we steal from you a lot, and I killed my stepdad so I could finally pay you. Right. His death is on your hands. (laughs) 
they go to the beach. They've got a goldfish, a butterfly, a bird, and a snake. And they're all in like jars or cages or whatever. Yeah. So Sarah talks about the night before she killed herself. And she basically says that she used to hallucinate snakes and bugs, but then they would still be there when she woke up. And Nancy tells her that the serpent is a very powerful being and she needs to respect it. And the serpent is Nancy's animal that she's brought. Yeah. And I think at this point, Sarah kind of seems suspicious, but they call the corners. We see lightning off the horizon. Nancy invokes Manon. The jars break and she is struck by lightning. The next morning they wake up and she is walking on water. It's awesome. I I love that effect, too. It looked great. It it does look really good. Yeah. Uh, And she basically saying, like, I can feel him running through my veins. Yeah. There's a lot of he's inside me talk that I was not super comfortable (laughs) with in this scene. (laughs) But I can still feel him right there inside me. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, (laughs) man. We hear sirens. They run down the beach a ways where there are dead sharks all along the beach. Like great white hammerhead. Like there's a like a all different kind of sharks. Sharks that are not even indigenous to the area. No. It's like a sharknado (laughs) touched down on this beach and then left. But she says she touches one of the sharks and says, these are my gifts. I can feel you inside of me. Yeah. And what's like they're <laughs> shitty gifts. You like yeah. they're not practical. Yeah, what can you do with a dead shark? So, at this point we cut to them driving in Nancy's driving them around in a fancy new car. Right. Which by the way, I, I was starting to like add up the things that they had bought and I was like the money's gone. Yeah, that money <laughs> right? is gone. Like I Yeah. That made me so sad. Like so sad. Mm-hmm. At this point, Sarah says, I think this has gone on enough already. Everyone's spells are going sideways. As she's doing it, Nancy is turning the traffic lights green so that they never have to stop. Yeah. Uh, but she argues that we're throwing things out of balance and everything we do is going to come back to us threefold. Nancy at this point is already kind of paranoid. Yeah. And she basically is asking Sarah, like, oh, do you want to leave the circle? And she basically is like, I don't want out, but I'm trying to like, you know. I'm trying to caution you about what could happen here. And they basically make fun of her for being scared. They almost get in an accident. The implication is that Sarah's not going to be a part of it anymore. She's out. Yeah, because they've killed two people at least. Yeah. <laughs> we cut back to school where Laura's hair is almost completely gone. She is like full-blown Ben Franklin. She looks like Gollum. Yeah, she's like crying in the shower. It's rough. This is where Rochelle feels bad for her. Yes. So th- this is where her spell comes to fruition. She no longer hates the person that used to hate her. Yeah, she pities her. Yeah, she pities her. And I think later in the movie when we see Laura, I think we don't really see it, but I think she maybe apologizes, but we just never see it. Oh, interesting. We cut to Sarah, who's on the phone with Chris, and agrees to go out to dinner with him. Yeah. They're sitting in his car. She's kind of complaining to him, but he's not fully listening to her. And she asks, like, aren't we supposed to go to a restaurant? And he said, no. And she's like, Ooh, Ooh, you got to take me home right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like this. This is a conversation they should have had before driving to a secluded point. No, I, I would say at any point you can have this conversation and he should just drive her home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just mean like yeah. her situational awareness was like a little. She's like, oh, we're stopped at this really deserted dirt road i thought we were going to a restaurant yeah regardless he's gonna try and rape her and so like i don't care what she did to get to this point i'm just saying like if i'm with todd and he takes a left at the wrong place i'm like where the fuck are we going yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah immediately and then i look at you and i'm like don't worry about it 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you a back rub that you don't want. No, Skeet Orange is a monster. In my mind, it was very much just a, they were going to go to dinner. Like, he asked her to dinner. That was, like, yeah. the plan, right? Right, And then right. he was like, why don't we just stop here and chat, kind of catch up? Because they hadn't talked in a while. So they'd start doing that, and then she's like, hey, let's get out of here because yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Or I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, no, let's stay. And she's like, oh, you got to take me home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take me home right now. And then it escalates very quickly from... Being uncomfortable to felony. Yeah. yeah. He, he attempts yeah. to rape her. Yes. And she ends up kicking him and running off. She gets to Rochelle's house and rings the doorbell. And this kind of brings the girls back together because now yes. they're like somebody tried to hurt one of their own. So they try to talk Nancy out of going to his party because she's going to go and essentially get revenge. And she does. But she says, I'm going to go play. She shows up to the party looking amazing. Like, yes. Oof, yeah. Yes. She is serving some goth realness. So Nancy's at the party. Somebody tells Chris that she's there. So he comes to find her to ask about Sarah. And she implies that Sarah is upstairs. She basically kind of like beckons him upstairs. Yes. Gets him alone in a bedroom and he's like, where is he? She climbs on top of him. He tells her to go away, you know, because he values consent when it's him, but not when it's Sarah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so true and disgusting. And it just like, I hated him so much in this movie. He's such a dirtbag. Yeah. Yeah. She crouches and kind of screams before glamoring herself into Sarah. So she looks yes. like Sarah. Now, this is also the section where we get a bit of a shot of what Chris is wearing, which is an insane clown posse shirt. <laughs> oh, and his hat. And his hat, yeah. I did not realize it was an ICP shirt. And, and it's specifically, I believe it's Jake Jekyll. I think it's one of the Jekyll brothers. Oh, wow. Um, if you know about your ICP concept album, Lore. So she then, as Sarah basically says, make love to me, Chris. And the implication is that they start kind of hooking up. The girls all show up at the party to find Nancy. Oh, it's time out. They took a cab to that party. Did you want them to fly on brooms, Mikey? I, I, I just thought it was funny. I was just like, this is not hocus pocus, Mikey. But I mean, like, they would have to call a cab, get it to come out to their house, then take the cab. It would have taken like two hours. Yeah, that's why she was able to get so much done with Skeet. I'll let it slide. <laughs> anyway, they show up at the party to find Nancy, and she's in flagrante with Chris upstairs. Yes. They basically confront him, and he accuses her, Nancy, of being jealous. And she says the best line in this movie, which is just, jealous? You don't even exist to me! And I'm just like, oh my god, she is so scary, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just... She is she amazing. Great in this yeah, yeah, she is amazing. I love her in this movie. Well, and so and so much of the stuff she does, she's amazing. Well, and so she then is like, "You're the whore," and that's gonna stop. And she's floating on her tiptoes. Oh yeah, she's like sliding towards him. It's so well done. It's great. And he says he's sorry, and she's like, "Oh, you're sorry," before throwing him out the window to his death. Yeah, she murders him. Yeah, yeah, that's the third one at yep. least. Yep, she. Fully murders him. We cut back to Sarah's house where here was my thing is I'm like, they're the only people to witness his death. Why aren't the police there? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, And I like how they yada, yada, yada. They yada, yada, yada over the police being like, so your boyfriend is dead and you're one of the only people that was there. <laughs> right. And yeah. I like how they're like, oh, so you got interviewed by the police too? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's all over. Next scene. Yes. <laughs> we, cut, we cut to Sarah's house. 
where she basically says, I didn't want him to get hurt. I think he was good deep down. You're wrong. He wasn't. No, he was not. I didn't think it would go this far. It was an accident and everything I touch turns to shit. Yeah. The next shot we have is her cutting Nancy out of photos to do binding spells to stop her from doing harm to other people and against herself. As she's sleeping that night, the doors to her room open and all the girls fly in, but it is a dream. She's hiding in the bathroom at school and the door opens on its own and it's all three girls. And this is where they're like, hey, we've been looking for you. The police came to your house. Why do you want to leave the circle? And she's like, people are dead. And... Nancy's like, well, they deserved it. And she says, says who? And then she claims that they don't need a fourth, but they do threaten her for leaving. And as she's leaving, Nancy says, please don't do any more spells on me. Meaning yeah. that she knows about the binding spell. Right. It's also sort of uh, hinted at that Nancy can read her mind in this yeah. scene. Or at least her intention. And uh, she says, in the old days of a witch betrayed her coven, they would kill her. By the way, how have you been sleeping? Basically saying that, like, they've been influencing her dreams. Yeah, they did some magics on her. Some magics? She goes to the magic shop where the store owner takes her to the back room because I think the store owner never liked Nancy. Right. Oh, Nancy stole from her, like, every day. Yeah. She's like, behind the black curtain is where I sell my blacklight posters. <laughs> it's just a whole <laughs> a room papered with pictures of Nancy. Nancy with like mustaches <laughs> drawn on them. <laughs> like don't sell to this person. Like call cops <laughs> if this person enters store. Uh, but so she takes her into this back room and says this is a temple built in a place of power. Yeah. Where the ground ripples. There's like an inset mosaic circle. When she lights one candle, they all light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. That was cool. Illum Illuminarius or whatever the Harry Potter Illuminati. Is. <laughs> it's Lumos. <laughs> it's a clapper. Man, it turn on the lights. <laughs> she says you have a tremendous light in you. Don't be afraid. You hear the voice of your mother. She's telling you to be strong. She was a witch too. Didn't you know? She's like, no, I killed my mom. Yeah. Essentially, you killed a witch. So her birth is inherently magical i also don't like the implication that she killed her mom like that's not a fair thing to put on a child it is being not born. a fair thing to put on anyone <laughs> i'm just glad her dad didn't tell her that at some point yes oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah her dad's super nice I, they could have gone the yeah. whole alcoholic you killed my wife kind of route, right. but they didn't he's just a super nice great guy yeah and her stepmom seems nice too yeah we don't really get much of her and i did like that the stepmom is not like an evil character in this no they're just like super rich and chill and yeah. like really supportive yeah so the woman who owns the store says you can defeat those who challenge you but you have to surrender yourself to the higher power yeah you must invoke the spirit basically you have to do what nancy did and she says it made nancy crazy is there any other way and she basically is like she took it in a dark place right you have to have intentions that don't take it in a dark place and then you can <laughs> wield it just so much innuendo yeah but it, it really is like hey i have this superpower am i gonna use it for good or for awesome and mm -hmm. nancy uses it for awesome and you know sarah wants to use it for good yeah you mean evil yeah yeah awesome sorry what what did what did, what did i say you said awesome you said awesome yeah, sorry so for, yeah so nancy's gonna use it for awesome evil sorry <laughs> what what i'm sorry yeah a awesome so nancy what? <laughs> nancy glamours an explosion in the magic store yeah and they don't get a chance to call the corners as they were starting to Right. So Sarah runs to her own house. No one is home. The phone rings and it's Nancy. 
she's telling Sarah that her parents flew back to San Francisco. Because they thought she ran away from home. Right. And that there's been an accident. It's all over the news. Go look at your TV. The TV turns on by itself where she sees that there's been a plane crash. Flight 321 from LAX to San Francisco. Global Flight. The name of the company is Global Flight. That's a good name. Global. It's a 45 (laughs) minute flight. I know. That's why I was making fun of it. Yeah. An hour if it takes people long to board the flight. Like, look, you piggy bitches. American Airlines has international flights. Okay. Let's get out. Let's move it on. Mikey, all I'm saying is that this is a 45 minute flight that crashed in the 90s. This is straight up value jet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this implies that her parents have died in that crash. Yes, heavily. As she's seeing that, the lights go out. We start to see snakes in the shadows and then snakes everywhere. Well, snakes and, and bugs. bugs. It's not just and snakes. Rats. Like, and maggots and and roaches and ooh, ooh. uh she goes into the bathroom where the toilet is like filled with maggots and roaches are just like pouring out of the walls. I ooh, ugh, no thank yeah. you. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, Nancy pops into the bathroom as kind of most of it disappears. And she just says, if I was as pathetic as you are, I would have killed myself ages ago. You should get on with it. And this is how we know all the snakes and stuff were an illusion. Yes. But they used 3,000 snakes in this scene. What? A lot of them are real. There's real rats. There's real snakes. There's real spiders. There's real bugs. It looked, I mean, it all looked real. It all looks real. Yeah. But that's amazing. They had 3,000 snakes. I'm grossed out that more than 3,000 snakes exist. (laughs) (laughs) And I realize that that's like, duh, but still, yeah. No, I'm with you. (laughs) She comes back down into the living room where all three of the girls are there levitating. They are accusing her of killing people. And she basically says, I'm not going to kill myself. And Nancy's like, "Mm, we'll see about that. Debatable. Debatable. I mean, like they basically state their intention of we're going to make you kill yourself and murder you. You killed Chris. You killed your mom, which again. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Uh, And they ask, they're like, why doesn't she use magic on us? Because she's weak. And it's like, no, because she's kind. She's like (laughs) Like a good person or whatever. She's a good person. Yeah. They basically forge a note with her signature that says, I killed Chris. I'm sorry. Which to me implied that the police were still investigating and heavily looking at Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Then Nancy slashes her across her wrists, but horizontally. Yes. Which is an important note. Runs back up to her room and lays in the middle or sits in the middle of the room first and then eventually lays down and calls out to the photo of her mother. Mom, the four corners, get him. <laughs> Mom, the magic. <laughs> Nancy tells the other two girls to go upstairs and see what's going on. Rochelle doesn't want to go, but she and Bonnie eventually go anyway. I thought this was the most insane. Like, this is a Bond villain level mistake that yeah. Nancy makes by just slashing her wrist, letting her run away and being like, well, she'll just die upstairs yeah there's no need to pay attention to what she's doing up there (laughs) Mm -hmm. what were they doing the 15 minutes down there like just sitting around yeah (laughs) they're like she should be dead any minute now and it's like no it takes a while yeah that's why it's a really painful way to go yeah so upstairs sarah invokes a spirit when rochelle and bonnie get up there she casts a glamoring spell so rochelle's hair looks like it's falling out yeah 
and Bonnie scars are worse. Basically, it's coming back times three and they run out of the house Uh, while she's casting the spell. The photo of her mother comes to life and says, reach inside yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The lightning crashes. Her wounds heal and all of her photos turn to stormy skies. Yeah. Much like the ones they saw at the beach when Nancy was conjuring Manon. Yeah. So Nancy heads upstairs with a dagger. The room looks empty. She calls out for Sarah and Sarah is in the mirror. She steps out of the mirror to reach out to Nancy. And this is where she reveals that she has invoked the spirit and says, Manon saved me. He wanted me to give you a message. And Manon is he pissed at you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're in deep shit because you abused it. And covers her in bugs, which I'm like, okay, truce, 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 truce. Just get rid of the bugs. Yeah, please. Her fingers turn into snakes. She goes, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. (laughs) Yeah, covered in roaches. (laughs) Uh, She wakes up on the floor and everything's fine. Her hands are fine. There's no roaches. And Sarah just says, relax, it's only magic. Now who's (laughs) pathetic? Which is like, oof. She does a binding spell. Yeah, well, she tries to do a binding spell here. Yes, she starts the binding spell. She starts the binding spell. They sort of set up that it takes three times chanting it for it to take or whatever. And she Mm -hmm. gets through the second time, starts the third, and that's when Nancy, like, rushes her with the knife. With a knife, yeah. And this is insane to me because they go out of the room and they smash against the wall. Nancy has a knife in her hand as she's, like, rushing towards her. And then when they hit the wall, Nancy no longer has a knife and is not stabbing her. Right. She is just, like, hitting her. Yeah. And I thought that was insane. Yeah. Like, where'd the knife go? Because we do see it in like two seconds. She pulls the knife out again. Yeah. Also, they're levitating. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you using your fists, bitch? I know. I just chalked it up to good magic. Got rid of the knife. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I told Natalie because we were like sort of laughing at it. And I was like, I bet the editor brought this up to the guy who directed it. And he was like, who cares? Magic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as they're fighting, the the house seems to kind of pitch back and forth. So it's no longer level. And Sarah, it looks like, is crushed behind a dresser. Right. Or is she? Because Nancy moves the dresser. It looks like it's just Sarah's clothes, but it's just her invisible. Uh, So she raises a knife to stab the clothes, but Sarah orbs back and kicks Nancy into a mirror. And this is where she binds her. Yes. So the next day, Bonnie and Rochelle show up to apologize. And they're like, we feel really bad about trying to kill you. And yeah, the plane crash is just a glamour. It's so ridiculous. And my favorite is they're like, we, w- we just want to let you know your parents didn't die in a crash. And her dad's like right behind her. And she's He's just like, like, hey, girls, how you doing? He's like, super nice. He's like, sorry we stayed out so late at Chili's last night. <laughs> yeah. They had two for one margaritas. <laughs> He's, they're like, it was just a joke. And she just says, funny. And they ask her, do you still have any powers? Because we don't. So if you ever want to hang out. Or call the corners again. Yeah. And she says, hold your breath until I call. And the girls walk away. And the girls say she probably didn't have any magic anyway. Yeah. She probably doesn't have any powers anyway. Yeah. And lightning strikes a tree above them and it falls at their feet. Yeah. And she says, be careful or you'll end up like Nancy. And we reveal that Nancy has been institutionalized. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's, it's real sad though. The movie ends with her like getting a shot and them knocking her out and her talking about how she can do whatever she wants because she has men on inside her. Yeah. She's like, I can fly. I can fly. Yeah. And I was like, that's probably her first day. I think she's going to adjust once she figures out that Manon has ghosted her. <laughs> 
And that's, that's a the movie. movie. Roll credits. Having seen the movie, having talked about it, what do you guys think? It, it's a fun teen movie. I don't think yes. it's a horror movie at all. Yeah, so I literally halfway through it looked it up. I was like, is this a horror movie? And Wikipedia does call it a supernatural horror film. Really? But I feel uh-huh. the same way. It is a, I think if I saw this as a teen, I would have liked it. If I was a teen girl, I probably would have loved it. So like, I get why so many people love this movie, but I am also not its target audience. What was the listener request topic? Badass women of horror. And I was really pulling for Ginger Snaps, personally. It lost by one vote, Paige. Ah, oh, damn it. We have to watch it eventually anyway. Fun fact, after we closed the voting, because the voting closed at uh, Friday at midnight. Yeah. Uh, and after we closed the voting, Ginger Snaps pulled to even with this movie. Damn. Yeah, they both had 40 votes. We'll do We'll do. Ginger we'll do Snaps. Ginger Snaps. I think we time. should. Uh, I think we should do it at some point in the near-ish future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have some fun facts for us, Paige? I do, and I have a few fun facts, uh, but there's a lot out there about this movie, and if you're super interested and you want to hear a ton more fun facts than what I'm going to give you, I highly recommend listening to Page Seven's episode of Pop History on Charm, or Charmed. <laughs> I'll get to Charmed in a second. Hank, there are some facts. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Like, Charmed is a direct ripoff of this. Shh, I'll get to it. But if you want to, I would re- highly recommend Page Seven's episode on the craft. They only did it, I think it was a month ago. So, really, really recent. And they went in depth into the Wicca that they pull from, the stories from the set, the girls that were in the movie. They do a great job. It's a great listen. I highly recommend it. And that's got Jackie Zabrowski on it. It does. It does. Who you can hear on next Thursday's Romancing the Pod podcast when we cover Twilight. And it is a bonkers awesome episode. Check it out this upcoming Thursday. I did mention it a couple times, but in the original shooting script and early edits of the film, it's implied that Sarah is the only one with actual powers the whole time and that the other girl's abilities are pulling from her powers. So they do not have powers until they find her. There is also foreshadowing early in the film to Skeet Ulrich's fate. Because his football jersey number is 86. Uh, 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 uh. 86ing is a slang term for getting rid of something or somebody. It comes from the restaurant industry where 86 means you're out of something. Essentially implying that he's going to get killed. That's great. I love that. It's pretty great. Uh, Robin Tunney, who plays Sarah, wore a wig throughout the entire film. So both really? the auburn hair and the blonde hair are wigs. Really? Because she had, yeah, because she had shaved her head for Empire Records the year before. Oh, and that oh, wrapped yeah. shooting a month before production started on this film, wherein she also played a girl who was suicidal and she almost turned down the role in the craft because she didn't want to be typecast as the girl who looks like she would try to commit suicide. (laughs) That's insane. Which is wild. It's super crazy. Now, if you remember, I brought up that song by the Smiths, How Soon Is Now. Yeah. Because they used a cover because they couldn't afford the real song. But a year later... Charmed could afford the actual song. That's why the real song is the theme song for Charmed, which comes out the following year. Yeah. And in 2017, Andrew Fleming, who worked on this film, uh, I believe as one of the co-writers, stated that Charmed actually ripped off this film. Uh, because they did? Well, he yeah. revealed that he actually wrote a pilot based on the movie. So originally the craft was going to be a TV show. And oh, he did it for wow. And he had pitched it to Fox and WB. Whoa. And it was his idea to have How Soon Is Now as the theme. The pilot was not picked up. 
And the following year, Charmed premiered again with three oh girls God. as witches. Furthermore, Robin Tunney, who played Sarah, has stated that the ripoff was so obvious that people would constantly come up to her in public and think she was on Charmed for decades, like wow. literally a, like years after Charmed went off the air. People still come up to her and they're like, oh, my God, Charmed. And she's like, no, I was in the craft like two years before, I guess. That's insane. Yes. Somebody going to sue somebody. So Rachel True opened up about how she was ignored in the promotional material. She's not in some of the posters. She is very, very limited in the trailer even though she's one of the leads of the film, yeah. she actually wasn't even invited to press junkets until one of her co-stars basically called the studio to get them to include her. And she was also the only one of the four to not be invited to the MTV Movie Awards that year. That's crazy. That's insane. And she carries equal weight in this movie, I think. And yeah. just kind of nothing. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. She has more lines than Nev Campbell. She does. Feruza Balk went kind of almost method with this movie. So while researching it, yeah, she (laughs) frequented a place in Los Angeles called Panpipes Magical Marketplace and eventually bought the store and continued to operate it until 2001. So she like owned a magic store like the one in the movie when she eventually sold it uh, to people she had brought on as managers after she purchased it in 1995. Rochelle... Rachel True actually reads tarot at House of Intuition in Silver Lake. Two of them have now gone on to work in like magical stores. That's amazing. That's that's really funny. Yeah. The entire crew had to return to the location a second time to complete filming on the scene where they invoke Manon, interrupted by a bunch of weird occurrences that even worried the woman that they brought on to consult for Wicca. Now, I did mention Oh my god. Manon is not a real, a real thing entity, yeah. although following this movie, in some ways the cult of intention has made it real. You know, to be honest, that's how these kind of things are created a lot of the times, where now sometimes you will see Menon listed as a real entity, even though it was not at the time of this film. That's sort of left hand pathy right there. Like yes. you make it real yourself. It's it's tulpamancy is what it is. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the advisor on the movie wanted to make it a an entity that was not real so that as they were doing very real Wiccan rites and some of the things that they do in this film are real that they didn't accidentally call something into being. <laughs> but as they were working on that beach scene, as the fog rolled in at midnight, they were using actual Wiccan rites and languages and as Feruza Balk attempted to invoke Manon a flock of bats hovered over the set and the tide rose so dramatically that it covered the circle that's crazy isn't it crazy crazy. yeah actually in one of the shots you see the water coming very close to the the candle circle yeah yeah so they had to cut like two you know, days of shooting together. But every time the girls would start the ceremony and only when they would start, the waves would come up really fast, pounding heavily. And they ended up having to talk to the parks department and be like, yo, you told us Tide was out. And they're like, it is. is. We can't explain this. (laughs) That's nuts. Uh, And then right at the end where Nancy invokes Manon, the entire set lost power. Oh, wow. This is why you don't mess with the spiritual world. 
can yeah. ruin takes. Yeah. Realize <laughs> how much money <laughs> Manon cost them that night? <laughs> I know. Uh, and those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. You guys ready for some box office love? Yes. Yeah. All right. So what do you think the budget for this movie was? Mind you, this is 96. So if you think today's dollars, cut it in half because the economy has been screwed up since then. I'm actually going to say $5 million. Okay. I'm going to say 15. I bet this movie was expensive. Oh, Mikey. It's 15 million. Is it really? Yes. Yeah. It Damn. was exactly 15 million dollars. Thank you, Menon. <laughs> Careful. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Topa Manzi. <laughs> All right. So this movie came out May 3rd, 1996, and it won its weekend. It was the top movie at the box office that weekend. It did really well. It did. What do you think it made that weekend? It's first weekend out. First weekend, I'm going to say 20 mil. Okay, Mikey? 17.5. (laughs) You're all giving like today's numbers. It is 6.7 million. Okay. Which is about 12 to 13 million dollars in today's money. That's still pretty good, yeah. It was the number one that weekend. It was great. Um, And it beat The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is number two. It beat The Quest, which was number three. Primal Fear was number four. And The Great White Hype was number five. So there was, like, not much out that week also. True. So what do you think this movie went on to make domestically in its run? Oh, man. I'm going to say $40 million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 45. Okay. So it made $24.7 million in its domestic run. Okay. In its international run, it made even more money. It made $30.9 million internationally. So this movie made $55 million or what would be a little over $110 million in today's money. Do you have the Nielsen ratings for Charmed? (laughs) No, I don't. That's so funny. <laughs> but five years after this movie, Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone came out and that made almost a billion dollars worldwide. So, yeah. So, but that's box office. All right. Well, let's just do scary scale, even though I'm pretty sure I know where we're going with. Oh, this. yeah. Uh, it's a scale of one to ten. How scary we find the film today when we viewed it or yesterday. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it's not a rating of quality of the film. Just how scared we were. Yeah. Page. I'm going to give this a one. Yes. Todd? I had to look up whether this is actually a horror film while watching it. (laughs) So this is definitely a one for me. Yeah. I I will also give this a one. So thank you for that scary scale, Yeah, thank you guys so much for the scary scale, Mikey. (laughs) So this week, the listeners made us watch The Craft. What are we watching next week? It's December, or it will be December when we do the next one. So we thought we needed some winter horror, or at least cold horror. (laughs) because i don't know what time of year this takes place but we're going to be doing the thing prequel so the more recent thing movie yeah yeah the one that came out in 2011 so Paige and i have not seen this todd and the thing is one of Paige and i's most favorite of all time horror movies arguably my favorite horror movie yes it's my favorite horror movie so we we might be tearing into this movie we might like it who knows what will happen i have heard things on both sides for it and it's got mary elizabeth winstead who i like so i do like her a lot it could be good could be terrible who knows but we're gonna watch it so guys your homework for next week is to watch the 2011 the thing yeah so mikey do you have a review for us to read yes awesome well while you're looking that one up let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast and then it's to leave us a five-star text review and that'll give something mikey something to read and then we can have a little fun with it so mikey let's let's do it Who's you reading this week? This is a short review because I don't feel super hot. So I'm just going to read a short review today. You're always hot, Mikey. Oh, you guys are so great. Just kidding. Homeless Uh, people are hotter than you. (laughs) 
<laughs> this one is a five-star review from R013075. Okay. Okay. Entitled Awesome Podcast. Definitely Aww. a real person. <laughs> this, is, this is funny. I, I love this podcast. And they want us to watch this. This is a movie we get requested to watch all the time. Uh, I love this podcast. If you want an awesome found footage film, watch Hell House LLC. It, that almost beat Wreck, and now I'm curious. I know. People, we almost have to do it. We're, we're going to have to do it next year after we get through wintertime. Yeah, we get a lot of emails about that movie, specifically. We, we've got to do this movie. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Oh, he signs his name. Uh, should I say it? Is it Ronald W. Rushing Sr.? Yeah. Thanks for the podcast. Y'all rock five stars. Well, Aww, thank you so thank you. much for the awesome five-star review. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to have your review run on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Uh, Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? He's a big man and guy. Ooh. But he gave up worshiping him because he felt like it got monotonous. Monotonous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could see that. It does get sort of repetitive. A lot of religion is repetitive. I get that. <laughs> yeah. I've been holding on that joke all podcast and I failed <laughs> at the uh, delivery, but I'm going to go ahead and double down. I love the thought of you had been thinking about that for two hours and then stumbled over the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode is also brought to you by Ori. Ori. And Ori is a really big help to me. Like I was having some trouble with two or uh, three of my friends. They were like after me and Ori runs a, a bookstore that I go to a lot. So I like went in there and like she took me in this back room and gave me some really good advice. So uh, I don't really want to go into what it was, but uh, let's, just <laughs> say, you know? let's just say that one of them's now institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Ori, thank you so much for guiding me through how to torture and institutionalize one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's also brought to you by a Brandon. Brandon. And Brandon wants you guys to know about his families. And I love this because I know Mikey would hate this. I, I hate it already. Yeah. His family business is to sell, and I'm going to read it verbatim, tarantulas spiders, which I know are Mikey's favorites. But they're Ooh. differentiated here because a tarantula is a guest, not a spider. They also sell scorpions, centipedes, and millipedes, and other things as well. Look them up at the Bug Cage Company on Facebook if you have critter and or insect needs. I will not be doing that. Nope. Mm -mm. No, thank you. We now return you to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. All right. Listen up. In the Chinook helicopter that looks weird that they built last week. Yeah, Frankencopter, right? Frankenchopper. Yeah. Uh, Tristan's flying it with his robot stuff. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Dylan and Brandon are in there, but actually Brandon becomes a thing and tries to kill them. And then oh, wait, up, it was uh, Brandon that was the it thing? Was Brandon. Imagine that. Does he do the weird like? Yeah, that's what he does. And it's all because it's all and it's oh. all because Kate just like tripped and like she was holding a metal tray when it was kind of sharp because like they carved all their stuff out of like undersea parts. You remember from last time? Anyway, she accidentally <laughs> cut him and he freaked out and then like he got all. So uh, basically, Eddie has a squadron of penguins on the sh on the thing because they're helping fly the big ship or whatever, the big helicopter, and then uh, they fucking just burn it up. 
the penguins had a flamethrower. I don't know what happened, but uh, it was part of their onboard show. They have a tap show yeah. that they were doing on a helicopter. <laughs> this thing's huge. Frankencopter got real big. Yeah, big enough to have like a Happy Feet stage show. <laughs> it's like the size of six Chinook helicopters, but like just real big. Right. Uh, yeah. So they throw his burned carcass out of the thing, and uh, Dylan was like. I knew it was him, and then they, they end up cutting Dylan a bunch to test him, and with like the warmed up metal, and he's like, "I know, I'm not a thing, I'm not a thing." You know, he wasn't, but he still gets cut a lot. They're gonna do that forever, I think, because it's funny. They just legit torture him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the penguins were talking to Eddie, and they were like, "We always wanted to kill a man by burning him alive," and Eddie was like, <laughs> "Always wanted penguins. to." It's on our bucket list. I don't know when we can do it, but maybe we'll pay someone in a different country that has laxer laws. So Eddie turns to Kate and he's like, Kate, you got to watch these penguins. They're real dark and like they really love murdering people. We got to like watch our backs here. Murderous penguins. Yeah. Do you know how penguins keep their eggs on their feet to keep them warm? Yes. I'm just picturing a bunch of penguins like that. But then instead of an egg, it's just a human skull. Ah, see, that's a good horror movie. <laughs> it's called Murder Gwens. <laughs> oh, Revenge man. of the Penguins. Oh, that's right. They're headed to India. I believe we decided on India. Anyway, so that group is headed towards India because a guy named Scott was like, hey, I got a city here that's not under Illuminati control. That's right. And uh, they finally land, and Scott's like, I've heard a lot about you because we've hacked into the Illuminati's internet thing they got. And um, The Illuminati had an Alexa. It's been following you around. We've been listening in. <laughs> but they hacked into Illuminate. Illuminate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Scott's like, welcome. And it's in the Himalayas. It's like a secret hidden city up there nice okay so there probably is ice for the penguins yeah yeah yeah. they're like this is a big ass helicopter but cool how is this flight worthy yeah (laughs) how'd you fit a stage in here what's with all the (laughs) flamethrowers did you build this out of sunken ships the funny thing Paige, is it doesn't fly kate has to (laughs) levitate it and spin the oh that's right because the penguins so can't, they don't know what? how to make machines work. So they just built Why a, did they like, bother building a helicopter? helicopter? Just build a box. Like, why <laughs> did it need a helicopter? <laughs> she just does it to make everybody feel good. I would not feel better in that situation. <laughs> it's called a team building montage page. That's what, that's what cool. Kate yeah. is doing. Gotcha. All right, so cut to the lifeboat. Oh, this is going to get dark. <laughs> where? Where? Evil Matthew and Isaac have been eating Dave alive and Karun, but Karun's not a cannibal because he's technically not human. And right. um, they were like, okay, we've got to make a plan here because like, we're like two episodes in. We're on this lifeboat. We're like stuck. <laughs> we're two episodes in and we've made no forward progress. The listeners yeah. aren't going to stand for this. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be happy about this if this goes another For week. a hot second, I was like, Two episodes. Are they binge watching something on this lifeboat where they're like, <laughs> he ruined her cake on accident and Paul Hollywood has to judge it. But then the next episode. Uh, yeah. So Karun was like, look, my people from the stars are special powers. We're really good at directions. And I studied Earth. And like, if you get us a way to go, I can help us get places. He's like, that's my whole deal now, apparently. And uh <laughs> So he's like, let's head. What's the closest place that hasn't burned up? And they're like, obviously, it's South Africa. 
I guess. <laughs> so anyway, they decide they're like, Dave, you know, we have a, a good storage of meat from you to like make us last for this journey, but we we need sails. So they ended up filleting Dave like from oh midsummer, and they make sails yeah. out of his body. And Dave's like, don't do this. Oh, it hurts wow. real bad. Why did I choose to come with y'all? And then so they're sailing off towards South Africa with Dave's skin in the wind or whatever. Oh, and Evil Matthew's like, okay, once we get to South Africa, like their whole purpose right now, because they've already given up on like saving the earth. Evil Matthew's like, all we got to do is show Karun a good time on earth, like how cool it can be. So that's their whole purpose now. Yeah, we need to show Karun that Earth girls are easy. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they going to take Karun to show him that Earth girls are easy? At what point is Dave going to snap and stop allowing himself to be killed every episode? And did Mikey's laugh when we talked about torture concern anyone else? (laughs) Find out next week on another episode of The The Patrioticals. So we are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network. And if you would check out their other podcasts at consequenceofsound.net. Uh, or if you want to check out our stuff, we are at horrorvirgin.com. Or if, and if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where there's literally hours of bonus audio and video content, listener requests like you were able to participate in to pick what movie we're doing next, all that kind of stuff. So guys, check out the Patreon. And if you can't help financially support the show, but still want your daily free horror virgin content, go to the Facebook group. And it's like 1,500 people hanging out, talking about horror having a good time, supporting each other. It's a great, really welcome community. It's awesome. We won't sew you up into a bear suit and then set you on fire. We promise. We will. (laughs) If you like this power thruple and you want to hear us talk about romantic movies, check out our other podcast, Romancing the Pod. Paige is also on Cult Podcast and Black Card Rehab. And if you want to follow our show on social, we are at Horror Virgin. We are all Available individually on socials as well. Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere but Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mm-hmm. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. So follow us. That's going to be it for us, guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. Keep it ooky spooky. <laughs> Have an amazing week. Bye. Bye. Wicca nerds. Consequence Podcast Network.